The case of Allah Muref Ahmad al-Tamimi, Sparrow Pizzeria Massacre Mastermind is a travesty of justice and proof that crime pays. Op-ed. Dr. Alex Grobman, Mar 29, 2021-1119 AM Share Sparrow Terrorist Attack Flash 90. On March 8, 2021, Interpol declared Allah Muref Ahmad al-Tamimi, a Jordanian national in her mid-30s, who participated in the August 9, 2001 suicide bomb attack at the Sparrow Pizza restaurant in Jerusalem, would no longer be a subject to an Interpol notice. This change was announced in a letter published in the Arabic-language media. Apparently, her name had also been deleted from the Interpol's website. 1. No mention was made as to why the red notice had been cancelled, which notifies law enforcement and all their member countries about fugitives who should be arrested until extradition, surrender, or similar legal action. Red notices assist police in bringing criminals to justice who have committed murder, rape, child abuse or armed robbery, even when the initial crime had been committed many years before. 2. The Sparrow bombing killed 15 people, including two U.S. nationals. Four other U.S. nationals were among the approximately 122 others injured in the attack. 3. Accompanying a suicide bomber to the target. On August 9, 2001, Al-Tamimi met the suicide bomber, 23-year-old Izzedin al-Masri from Silat al-Harithiya, a member of the Hamas military wing Izzedin al-Qassam, in Ramallah. Together, they went by car to Jerusalem. Having a young Arab woman dressed in a tight-fitting dress accompany a male suicide bomber to his target enabled the couple to seem part of the urban landscape, and less likely to arouse any suspicion. This is exactly how Al-Tamimi, at the time a 21-year-old journalism student at Birzeit University, guided the suicide bomber to the Sparrow Pizza Parlor in the heart of Jerusalem, without being detected. As a resident of Ramallah, Al-Tamimi had been to Jerusalem on countless occasions, spoke fluent English with only a minor trace of an Arab accent, and possessed a Jordanian passport. If stopped, she would attempt to convince the police she was a Jordanian tourist on holiday. Al-Tamimi had been the first woman the Hamas military wing recruited. After her first mission to hide a bomb in a beer Canada Jerusalem supermarket caused only minimal damage and just a few casualties, she wanted to prove women had a role in the all-male Hamas organization. As they walked toward Sabaros at the corner of King George Street and Jaffa Road, Al-Masri carried a guitar case on his back. Al-Tamimi had chosen Sabaros because the restaurant was generally packed with families with young children. After she left Al-Masri at the entrance to Sparrow, she fled on foot to the Damascus Gate and immediately boarded a Sherat, taxi, to Ramallah. She described her experience on TV that the news of the bombing, heard on the Sherat's radio in the Zionist language, caused elation among the other passengers. The death toll was initially low, three dead Israelis, but it rose steadily. 4. After returning to Ramallah, she went to the Palestinian Arab television studio where she was a newsreader and reported the horrific terrorist attack that she had planned and directed. 5. An Israeli military court convicted Al-Tamimi to 16 life sentences. She completed only eight years before being freed on October 18, 2011, as part of a prisoner exchange between Israel and Hamas. Included in the exchange was Gilad Shalit. Upon her release, she was deported to Jordan. 6. Nizar Damimi, who had participated in the 1993 murder of Chaim Mizrahi of Bedel, and sentenced to life in prison, was also freed as part of the agreement. Once Nizar, her cousin, and Al-Tamimi were released, they married. 7. Attempts to extradite her to the U.S. Jordanian courts decreed that their constitution prohibited the extradition of Jordanian nationals, yet both countries signed the 1995 extradition treaty. 
The U.S. has worked to obtain custody of Al-Tamimi so she can be held accountable for her role in the terrorist bombing in accordance with the 1995 extradition treaty between Jordan and the U.S. Charges were brought against her in Washington on July 15, 2013, but sealed by the judge, while the U.S. negotiated unsuccessfully, to have Jordan extradite her under the treaty. The FBI placed Al-Tamimi on its most wanted terrorist list on March 14, 2017. 8. Life Nazerwin a constitutional law professor at the University of Jordan, rejected the idea that Jordan was legally bound to extradite Al-Tamimi. The 1995 extradition treaty, having not been ratified by the parliament, does not carry the weight of the law and is invalid from the court's perspective, she said. The treaty may carry weight on an international level between the US and Jordan, but domestically and legally, the treaty is unconstitutional. 9. Yet, in 1995 Jordan extradited Ayad Ismail Najim, a Jordanian citizen linked to the 1993 New York City bombing, right after the two countries signed the treaty. According to Jordanian officials acquainted with the case, Najim was extradited only after he formally agreed to be tried in the U.S., not because of a legal ruling. 10. In Jordan, Al-Tamimi's case is a highly contentious issue, since the majority of Jordanians regard Israel as their adversary. Scores of Jordanians express their support for her on social media and appeal to the government to deny the request to extradite her. 11. Al-Tamimi pleaded guilty in an Israeli court in 2003 to multiple counts of murder arising from the Sparrow suicide bomb attack and was sentenced to 16 life terms of incarceration. In the U.S., the maximum penalty for a person convicted of this charge is a life term of incarceration or death. The case is being prosecuted by the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia and the National Security Division's Counterterrorism Section. 12. Upon her discharge, she asked why is Alam defined as a terrorist? I'm part of an independence movement, a national liberation movement, a resistance movement acting for its freedom. The clauses of the UN General Assembly Charter are on my side. 13. In an interview with Israeli TV Channel 1, she boasted I have no regrets, and no Palestinian prisoner regrets what he or she has done. We were defending ourselves. What are we supposed to regret? Should we regret defending ourselves? Should we regret that the Israelis killed one of us, so we killed a different one of them? We have no regrets. 14. During an interview broadcast on a Jordanian website, she was asked if she would participate in or conduct another terror attack, she responded, of course. I don't regret what happened, absolutely not. That is the path, I give myself for the sake of Allah, to jihad for Allah. I carried out, my mission, and Allah made me successful, you know the number of victims who were killed all that was thanks to the success from Allah. Do you expect me to abandon what I did, saying, I regret it? Regret is something that is out of the question. If time could go backwards, I would carry out what I did, in the same manner. On Hamas Al-Aqsa TV, Al-Tamimi described the suicide bomber with admiration, it's important to say that I was walking with a spiritual person. Next to him, I sensed a sort of divine aura surrounding us. 15. In Jordan, she hosted a talk show between February 2012 and September 2016 called Nassim Al-Akrar, Breeze of the Free, on the Hamas-affiliated Al-Quds TV. Her show focused on Palestinian Arab prisoners in Israeli jails. In an interview with Saleh Aruri, who was responsible for Hamas prisoners and participated in the negotiations that led to the prisoner exchange agreement. Aruri proclaimed that only by continued resistance and kidnapping IDF soldiers could they obtain the release of additional Palestinian Arab prisoners from Israeli jails. 16. Crime does pay, pay for slay. Until she was released from prison, Al-Tamimi received $51,836.
Al-Masri's family has received $53,689 overall, the bombmaker Abdullah Barghouti has collected $213,848. 17. Palestinian Arab terrorists have known that whether they are killed in action or incarcerated in Israeli prisons because of their crimes, their families will be compensated by the PLO, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, and or other Palestinian Arab terror organizations. 18. The longer Fatah terrorists remains in prison, the higher the salary he or she receives. 24. 19. The greater the crime, the greater the compensation. There is a sliding scale. Murderers can receive up to $3,500 a month, observes Elliot Abrams, senior fellow for Middle Eastern Studies at the Council on Foreign Relations. Those sentenced to five years in prison or less receive a base salary of $350 per month. The excuse that these payments are meant only to help prisoners' families survive does not wash, he says, because if that were the goal, the stipend would depend on family size. Instead, the worse your crime, the more money you get. 20. Terrorists are exempt from paying for education, health care, and professional instruction. Once freed, they are offered substantial positions in Fatah and the PA. Those incarcerated for five years or more are eligible to a job in a PA institution. Terrorists who served are entitled to a more prestigious title in the government and a higher compensation. Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas has stressed more than once the prisoners are top priority. 21. To compensate the terrorists, the PA employs least 550 individuals with a budget of $350 million. This compares to the $220 million allocated for their main welfare program. 22. Taylor Force Act. To stop providing funds to terrorists, the U.S. Congress introduced the Taylor Force Act. This bill prohibits certain assistance under the Foreign Assistance Act of 1961 from being made available for the West Bank and Gaza unless the Department of State certifies that the Palestinian Authority, is taking steps to end acts of violence against U.S. and Israeli citizens perpetrated by individuals under its jurisdictional control, such as the March 2016 attack that killed former Army officer Taylor Force, is publicly condemning such acts of violence and is investigating, or cooperating in investigations of, such acts, and has terminated payments for acts of terrorism against U.S. and Israeli citizens to any individual who has been convicted and imprisoned for such acts, to any individual who died committing such acts, and to family members of such an individual. 23. Beneficiaries of PA stipends include the family of Bashar Masala, who stabbed 11 people near Tel Aviv and murdered 28-year-old Taylor Force, who was visiting Israel on a break from Vanderbilt Business School. Force, a West Point graduate, had served in Afghanistan and Iraq. Taylor had been walking on the Mediterranean boardwalk promenade with friends in Tel Aviv, when he was brutally knifed to death on March 8, 2016. 24. Police killed Masala but his relatives collect monthly payments equivalent to several times the average Palestinian Arab salary. The Wall Street Journal concluded that with special offices and more than 500 civil servants assigned to distribute these funds, the PA's message is clear, terrorism pays. 25. Biden Administration and the Taylor Force Act When asked whether the Biden administration intended to resume aid to the PA to spur the Israeli-Palestinian Arab peace process, State Department spokesman Ned Price said our intent to provide assistance to the benefit of all Palestinians, including to Palestinian refugees. We are in the process of determining how to move forward with the resumption of that assistance, consistent with U.S. law, consistent with our interests. 26. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Taylor's father Stuart Force and Sander Gerber, a New York hedge fund executive and fellow at the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs, asserted that if the Biden administration is sincerely interested in helping the Palestinian Arabs, 
it should insist that the PA cannot be a peace partner until it stops the glorification of terrorists. The PA's refusal to make peace with Israel, accompanied by its celebration of violence, is the real source of economic and humanitarian problems in Palestinian society, not the loss of U.S. aid. Should the administration attempt to circumvent the Taylor Force Act, it would guilty of money laundering for terrorists. 27. To continue paying terrorist salaries after terrorists are released from prison and evade Israeli anti-terror law enacted in July 2018 and dupe donors, terrorist salaries are made to appear like conventional wages. Release terrorists are already being incorporated into the PA security system and government and civil positions according to Palestinian Media Watch. Although terrorists receive a salary, they are not obligated to work in their alleged positions, unless explicitly requested to do so. Paying prisoners still incarcerated, which is viewed as a sacred task, the PA is in contact with the American administration, European governments, and Israeli authorities. The Palestinian Authority-funded PLO Commission of Prisoners Affairs, assembled to find a solution, working even on vacation days, to fund the prisoners' salaries only through the banks. 28. Attempting to bring Al-Tamimi to justice. Trying to bring the central figure in our daughter's murder to justice has been one of the hardest and most painful things my wife, Fremit and I have ever had to do, declared Arnold Roth, whose 15-year-old daughter Malki was killed in the blast. Al-Tamimi should have been put on trial in Washington under U.S. law a long time ago. The charges against her were unsealed by senior Department of Justice officials almost exactly four years ago to the day, on March 14, 2017, he pointed out. Furthermore, he said, it is inexplicable to us that Jordan, which signed a treaty with the U.S. more than a quarter century ago for the mutual extradition of fugitives like Al Tamimi, remains in flagrant breach of that treaty even while it continues to be a recipient of colossal sums in U.S. foreign aid each year. Roth added that the blunt and unwelcome announcement by Interpol on March 8, 2021 that it has succumbed to pressure from the fugitive's family, lawyers and clan in Jordan and has cancelled the red notice, which operated until now to encourage member governments to arrest her if she enters their jurisdiction. 29. In a plea to President Biden, Fremit Roth criticized Jordan's King Abdullah's regime for consistently rejecting to honor the extradition treaty. We truly hope, she said, that you will impress on Jordan that the existential support lavished on the Hashemite kingdom is contingent on this evil woman being brought to justice. 30. One final note. The failure of the U.S. to have Al-Tamimi extradited to the U.S. for trial, and the attempt to circumvent the Taylor Force Act sends a message of hope to those who wish to destroy the Jewish state. Added to this is the Biden administration's restoration of relations with the Palestinian Arabs, reinstating aid to Palestinian Arab refugees and new support for a mutually agreed-upon two-state solution. 31. Edith M. Letterer, U.S. announces restoration of relations with Palestinians, Associated Press, January 26, 2021. The Palestinian Arab state would ostensibly include about 70% of Judea and Samaria and all of Gaza, with its capital on the peripheries of East Jerusalem. 32. There are also plans to reopen Palestinian Arab diplomatic missions presumably such as the PLO mission in Washington, D.C., the U.S. Consulate General in Jerusalem that have afforded direct communication between the Palestinian Authority and Washington. 33. Why the return to the failed policies of the past? The centrality of the peace process had become a peace religion with its own dogma according to Aaron David Miller, former advisor to Republican and Democratic Secretaries of State on Arab-Israeli Negotiations, 1978-2003. These articles of faith, he explains are, first, pursuit of a comprehensive peace was a core, if not the core, U.S. interest in the region, and achieving it offered the only sure way to protect U.S. interests. Second, peace could be achieved, 
but only through a serious negotiating process based on trading land for peace, and third, only America could help the Arabs and Israelis bring that peace to fruition. Failure to resolve the conflict would would trigger ruinous war, increase Soviet influence, weaken Arab moderates, strengthen Arab radicals, jeopardize access to Middle East oil, and generally undermine U.S. influence from Rabat to Karachi. Miller realizes that the belief that there's a single or simple fix to protecting those interests, let alone that Arab-Israeli peace would, like some magic potion, bullet, or elixir, make it all better, is just flat wrong. In a broken, angry region with so many problems, from stagnant, inequitable economies to extractive and authoritarian governments that abuse human rights and deny rule of law, to a popular culture mired in conspiracy and denial, it stretches the bounds of credulity to the breaking point to argue that settling the Arab-Israeli conflict is the most critical issue, or that its resolution would somehow guarantee Middle East stability. These tenets endured and prospered, he said, even while the realities on which they were based had begun to change. In other words, there has been more process than peace. 34. Elliot Abrams adds another act of faith that has become part of American diplomatic canon. This is the belief that even when there is little hope in achieving a sudden or dramatic diplomatic break though, the standard response is okay, but what's the harm in trying? As former President Bill Clinton used to say, we always need to get caught trying, fewer people will die. The assumption that no harm ensues when the U.S. attempts to find a comprehensive peace accord and that lives are saved in the process, is simply false Abrams contends as continuing acts of terrorism demonstrates. Furthermore, Abrams asserts the prestige and stature of America and the president are diminished when these efforts end in failure. 35. At a meeting with the Council on Foreign Relations, CFR, on November 17, 2020, Palestinian Authority Prime Minister Mohammed Shtaye had the opportunity to express his vision for peace. Instead, he used the occasion to attack the Arab states who signed the Abraham Accords, negating their right to protect their own crucial interests. Ambassador Dore Gold, a former Director General of Israel's Foreign Ministry, believes that Shtaye is probably hoping that selective reinterpretations of the Middle East peace process can be used to the Palestinians' advantage. Describing the stipends granted to families of those who engaged in terrorism as a social welfare program might work as a strategy if the audience hearing this argument is either incredibly or ignorant. 36. End notes. 1. The Times of Israel staff, Interpol said to drop warrant for Sparrow Pizzeria Bomber Alam Tamimi, The Times of Israel, March 12, 2021, https colon slash slash arabi21.com slash story slash 13437787 2. https colon slash slash www.interpol.int slash n slash how we work slash notices slash red notices. 3. Individual charged in connection with 2001 terrorist attack in Jerusalem that resulted in death of Americans, the United States of Department of Justice, Office of Public Affairs, March 14, 2017. 4. Email from Arnold Roth, March 22, 2021, Samuel M. Katz, The Ghost Warriors, The Ghost Warriors, Inside Israel's Undercover War Against Suicide Terrorism, New York, Berkeley Caliber, 2016, 194-198, Brian Whitaker, Who Carried Out Suicide Bombing? The Guardian, August 9, 2001. 5. Mayor Inder, Regards from Amman, The Tamimi Family and the Good Life, The Jewish Press, June 27, 2012. 6. Individual charged in connection with 2001 terrorist attack in Jerusalem that resulted in death of Americans, opt.cit. 7. Jackson Richmond, report, Jordan expels Nizar Tamimi, husband of U.S. wanted terrorist, Aljamainer, October 2, 2020, inter, opt.cit.
A. Individual charged in connection with 2001 terrorist attack in Jerusalem that resulted in death of Americans, op.cit, Phoebe Greenwood, Palestinian families wait to hear prisoners' fate, The Guardian, October 11, 2011. 9. Ali Younes, close the file, Jordan King urged to deny U.S. extradition demand, Al Jazeera, June 18, 2020. 10. Ibid. 11. Ibid. 12. Individual charge, op.cit. Interestingly, Dale Amos noted that in 2011, a photographer named Nariman Al-Tamimi staged a video, see Hishai Goldflum, Tamar Sternthal, updated, Selim photographer stages scene, camera, May 19, 2011, that made it appear that when Israeli police arrested an 11-year-old boy for throwing stones, they refused to take the boy's mother in the car. Nariman Al-Tamimi is the name of Ahad Tamimi's mother. 13. Alam Tamimi pleads Jordan refuses to extradite her to the U.S., why am I a terrorist? Dash I'm part of a resistance movement, Al Jazeera website, Arabic, March 28, 2019, quoted by Palestinian Media Watch, March 28, 2019. 14. PATV rebroadcasts Israeli interview with terrorist Tamimi, who smiles upon hearing her attack killed eight children, Palestinian Media Watch, October 23, 2011. 15. Itamar Marcus and Nan Jacques Zilberdik a Palestinian hero in the media the woman who aided suicide terrorists who attacked the Sparrow restaurant and killed 15, Palestinian Media Watch, November 16, 2011, suicide bomber's accomplice about killing 15, if time could go backwards I would do it again, Ammon News, Independent News Agency, Jordan, October 19, 2011, quoted in Palestinian Media Watch, October 19, 2011. Released Hamas terrorist Alam Tamimi on Palestinian public's delight at suicide bombings, Memory, July 12, 2012. 16. Khaled Abu Tome, female terrorist host talk show on Hamas TV The Jerusalem Post, March 1, 2012. 17. Report, terrorists behind Jerusalem pizza bombing received more than $910,000, JNS, August 8, 2019. 18. PATV repeats Abbas vow to pay terrorists no matter what, even are left with only one penny official Palestinian Authority TV Palestinian Media Watch, March 13, 2021, PA law grants promotions in rank to terrorist prisoners from PA Security Services Wafa, official PA news agency, Palestinian Media Watch, December 12, 2013. 19. Bassam Tawo, Palestinians, why Abbas cannot stop funding terrorists, Gatestone, June 26, 2017. 20. Elliot Abrams, stop supporting Palestinian terror, National Review, April 17, 2017, pay for slay in Palestine. The Wall Street Journal, March 27, 2017. Thane Rosenbaum, Palestinians are rewarding terrorists. The U.S. should stop enabling them, The Washington Post, April 28, 2017. 21. Yossi Cooperwasser, incentivizing terrorism, Palestinian Authority allocations to terrorists and their families, Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs, December 30, 2016. Maurice Hirsch and Nan Jacques Zilberdijk, PA salaries to terrorists rise by 11.8% in 2019. Amid self-inflicted financial crisis, Palestinian Media Watch, July 3, 2019. 22. Mike Pompeo, Sander Gerber, and Stuart Force is the Biden administration planning on violating the Taylor Force Act, as the PA continues its despicable anti-Israel, anti-America pay-for-slay policy. American Center for Law and Justice, March 1, 2021, Maurice Hirsch, murderers of the Fogel family set to get 50% salary increase from the PA, Palestinian Media Watch, March 11, 2021, Gilad Erden, The Truth About the Palestinian Hunger Strike, The New York Times, 
May 1, 2017, Palestinian ploy to deceive donors PA will stop giving $130 million a year to terrorist prisoners, but PLO will pay the terrorists instead, Palestinian Media Watch, June 3, 2014, Yigal Karman, Palestinian Authority Support for Imprisoned, Released and Wounded Terrorists and Families of Martyrs, Written Testimony Submitted to the House Committee on Foreign Affairs, for Financially Rewarding Terrorism in the West Bank, Memory, July 6, 2016. 23. HTTPS colon slash slash www.congress.gov slash bill slash 115th congress slash house bill slash 1164 Taylor Forsack talking points HTTPS colon slash slash emmetonline.org slash WP content slash upload slash 2017 slash 07 slash Taylor Forsack notes PDF 24. Eric Sean, Bill in Congress would pressure Palestinian Gov to cut off terror tide payments, Fox News Politics, April 30, 2017, Itamar Marcus, Fatah celebrates murder of American tourist, Palestinian Media Watch, March 9, 2016. 25. Pay for Slay in Palestine, The Wall Street Journal, March 27, 2017, Itamar Marcus, Fatah celebrates murder of American tourist, Palestinian Media Watch, March 9, 2016. See also, Shoshana Bryan, Close the PLO Office in D.C., Israel Policy Center, April 19, 2017, Kevin Derby, Ted Cruz, Elena ross and renew the fight to kick PLO out of Washington, Sunshine State News, May 6, 2017. 26. State Department Ned Price Press Conference Transcript February 11th HTTPS colon slash slash www.rev.com slash blog slash transcript slash State Department Ned Price Press Conference Transcript February 11. 27. Mike Pompeo, Sander Gerber, and Stuart Force Op.CIT, Stephen M. Flato will Biden tolerate pay for slay? Israel National News, December 1, 2021. 28. Maurice Hirsch, PMW Initiative Creates Havoc for the PA Pay for Slay Policy, Palestinian Media Watch, March 17, 2021. PA TV repeats a boss vow to pay terrorists no matter what. Op.CIT, PA's trees for terrorists planted in school garden to teach kids about heroic prisoners Palestinian Media Watch, March 14, 2021. Itamar Marcus and Nan Jacques Zilberdijk, PA plants trees to honor 35,000 martyrs, including all suicide bombers, Palestinian Media Watch, February 2, 2021. See also Israel, Law on Freezing Revenues Designated for the Palestinian Authority, the Law Library of Congress, Global Legal Research Directorate, March 2019. 29, March 11, 2021, Interpol and Justice, Arnold Roth, Why Does BBC Promote My Daughter's Murderer? October 13, 2020. For other reaction, please see Wiesenthal Center to Interpol, Return Terrorist Al-Tamimi to Most Wanted Status, March 12, 2021. HTTPS colon slash slash www.wiesenthal.com slash about slash news slash Wiesenthal Center to 30.html. Emmett is appalled that Interpol has decided to drop the arrest warrant for Alam Tamimi, a known terrorist and killer of American citizens. Press release, March 15, 202. 30. Frimit Roth, to President Biden, I remember shedding tears that day, it is four years later, Israel National News, March 18, 2021, Frimit Roth, mother of Israeli suicide bombing victim, do not free my daughter's murderer, Haaretz, October 16, 2011. 31, Edith M. Letterer, U.S. announces restoration of relations with Palestinians, Associated Press, January 26, 2021. 32, Biden administration to restore aid to Palestinians, BBC News, January 27, 2021. Lee Smith, Biden Torpedoes Abraham Accord Summit, 
Tablet, March 22, 2021, Israel KSN it, former Ambassador Friedman sifts through transformative accords and their future success, JNS, March 18, 2021. 33, Tova Lazarov, Biden envoy, U.S. to reopen diplomatic missions for Palestinians, The Jerusalem Post, January 27, 2021. 34, Aaron David Miller, The False Religion of Mideast Peace, Foreign Policy, April 19, 2010, Aaron David Miller, The Much Too Promised Land, America's Elusive Search for Arab-Israeli Peace, New York, Bantam Books, 2008, 27-28, Joe Klein, Q&A, Obama on his first year in office, Time Magazine, January 21, 2010, Alex Grobman, Exposing the Myth of Linkage, The Jewish Press, December 13, 2016, Dennis Ross, Doomed to Succeed, The U.S.-Israel Relationship from Truman to Obama, New York, Farrar, Strauss, and Giroux, 2015, 346. 35. Elliot Abrams, The Harm in Trying, The Downside of the Middle East Peace Process, The Weekly Standard, July 3, 2017. 36. Doré Gold, Diplomatic Fantasies at the Council on Foreign Relations, Jerusalem Post, November 27, 2020. Alex Grobin is Senior Resident Scholar at the John C. Danforth Society, and a member of the Council of Scholars for Scholars for Peace in the Middle East, SPME. He has an MA and PhD in Contemporary Jury from the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. Tags, Sparrow Restaurant Bombing Dr. Alex Grobman Taylor Force Act.